Right, hi everybody. This is Richard Carafel from Agility, and welcome to PR Profiles, where we chat with experts in the PR and communications industry because we think PR is the most formidable, dynamic, and rewarding field there is. And we wanted to introduce you to some of our favorite powerhouses in the industry. And today we're speaking with Ira Gostin. Hi, Ira. Hi, Richard. Good to see you. How you been? I'm good. Just getting over a little cold here, but uh, okay. I'm just thrilled to be here with you and fan of the show. So I'm excited about it. All right. Well, we are thrilled to have you. Now, Ira is the founder and managing director of G8 Strategies. He's also a high performance entrepreneur, marketer, and communicator who loves working with business leaders to tell their story and create growth opportunities to move the needle. His wheelhouse is investor relations, public relations, and strategy. And throughout his career, he has revitalized several company brands, built a few from scratch, and driven communications and branding for a $400 million IPO, growing that company into a four-plus billion dollar market leader. So welcome to the show, Ira. Let's just dive in with these first questions. Uh, from beginning your career in photojournalism to now being a highly successful entrepreneur, marketer, communicator, tell us a little more about your professional journey and how it led you to founding G8 Strategies. Yeah, it's um, definitely a, a bizarre path, but uh, one I wouldn't trade for the world. Um, I, you know, from the early age, I wanted to be a newspaper photojournalist and at the time didn't know that the storytelling roots were going to be so important to me. But uh, I, I worked for, as a freelancer for the Associated Press and was on staff and traveled the world and worked for a couple of newspapers, but kind of ended up in Reno, uh, of all places, uh, working for the AP and uh, just telling news stories. And I, I, at the, about 1999, journalism was changing and I was changing and uh, was doing some annual reports. And that was my first exposure to working with IR teams. And I, I kind of made a big gamble on myself and went to grad school and actually had to go back and get some more classes under my belt because my grade point average was so bad in undergrad mm -hmm. decades before. And, uh, you know, kind of worked on that and um, got into the marketing routine and some steady jobs in marketing. And uh, I, I met uh, someone at a party. Their son was dating my niece and happened to be uh, the CEO of Goldcorp. And uh, he had just retired and there was an opportunity to start a new company with him. And the next thing I know, I'm, I'm in mining. Um, and my goal was to take over the investor relations and the corporate communications. Um, I had been working for a few years as a marketing director, communications leader. But IR is really about brand storytelling. And, and we don't really talk about that that much, but it's telling the stories of companies. And so suddenly I am working at a, a TSX company, uh, which I had known nothing about. I had some amazing mentors along the way to help pull me along uh, on the IR side. And uh, immediately joined Siri and became uh, just a consumer of every bite I could get my hands on. And uh, we took that uh, company uh, as far as we could go into a merger. And then I went to go work for another gold company that was based in Nevada. And I actually had uh, was doing a little bit of consulting and I, I kind of had an opportunity to go work for a full service ad agency. And so I went to that side of the house for a year, but I, at the end of the day, I really missed the IR side. And uh, so 
right in the middle of COVID, I decided to start a new business and created G8 strategies and put a team together. And right now we work with uh, only industrial companies. So mining companies, precious metal mining, exploration companies, uh, tech company, some mining related companies, and uh, kind of bring them a de facto IR department into their mix. Interesting. All right. Well, thanks, Ira. Now we'd like to focus for a few minutes on investor relations, which you've talked about. Uh, so what are some of the common goals and common challenges in investor relations? What approach to IR have you found to be most successful for your clients? Um, you know, a lot of the IR people are from the finance side. So they come to look at doing investor relations as financial reporting. And there certainly is a component of that in IR. But when you look at it from a marketing uh, communication standpoint, um, I bring all the principles of public relations, that engagement, uh, that audience identification. We bring all those tools to our IR clients and um, ensure that the story that we're telling is the story that's engaging with the shareholder uh, or the stakeholder. And uh, what, what I found fascinating about it is there's so many different aspects of it. You know, whether you're talking about strict share price, price performance or ESG or other aspects of the company, it's still ensuring that you're putting out a communications tool, that brand story that is resonating with your stakeholders. And uh, so we spend a lot of time on that. And um, it's it's been pretty successful, I think. That's great. That's interesting. And it must be uh, an interesting challenge sometimes to get in the office with some of these guys and say, yeah, we got to work on your story and stuff. And they're like, what about, you know, you know here's our numbers. You know, no, it's not just the numbers. Uh, and some, some I can imagine some folks might have a hard time understanding that to begin with. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. And and we come at it from different places. You know, the, the finance people are all about the numbers. And in a perfect world, uh, yeah, a, a positive, influential set of numbers, you know, KPIs should sway information. But in this, you know, 2023 era, consumers are hit with 5,000 brand messages a day. Uh, they're bombarded. Uh, you know, when I was an undergrad a million years ago, you know, they talked about a brand impression with seven hits. So you had to see a brand seven times before it hit into your subconscious. Mm -hmm. It's 5,000 now. Like you have yeah. to really study the brand, so to speak to get it to click in your brain. And so when we can take um, uh, some earnings, let's say a company's got some good news and we can put it out in a news release with, with the, the numbers and then a short video with the CEO and uh, some social posts pushing that penetration of that message up, then we have a much better shot of engaging that shareholder through that messaging. Right, yeah, that's true, that's interesting. Uh, so many angles you got to come come to people with now. So uh, I can see the the challenge for IR is even greater uh, than it was. So that's great. Thank you, Ira, for sharing that. Now, when working with scientists to bring their product to market, as you do, uh, you say you often have to get them out of science mode into storytelling mode. Same with the uh, financiers. So uh, what does the process look like? And what are some of the principles of storytelling that, that you find to be most essential? Um, and, you know, I kind of use 
you know, I think when I, I say scientists, I mean geologists, uh, CEO, mm-hmm. you know, it's really the technical people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, one of the pitfalls in the entrepreneur world is an entrepreneur will be giving their pitch and they're so excited about this piece of technology that they start to drone on and on and on about it. And you have to remember when you're talking to an investor or a shareholder, they're a little bit different, but they're the same. They have one major concern. How am I making money off of you? That's it. Like, you know, they want you to be a good person. They want you to be a good company. They want your ESG to be clean. You know, all that stuff is all good, but they want to make money. Nobody is investing just for the fun of it. They want to make money. And so what you have, I have to do is, you know, I work with CEOs and whether they're a scientist or a geologist or a, a mining engineer of let's get out of the technical talk and distill the information into a company story so that it resonates in the mind of that shareholder. So if there's a particular challenge that that company has, uh, you know, what, what are you solving? What, what problem are you solving with your solution? And we really, that's where we, we do what's something called a brand story workshop. And we start to tear the story apart and get into that technical and say, how can we say this so that your audience is understanding you better to what what the uh, solution that you're providing? Uh, you know, I, I was working with an entrepreneur uh, in a postdoctoral environment uh, with a medical device. And I said, you know, have you explained this to your grandmother? And yeah, she doesn't understand it. I said, well, let's come up with a pitch that your grandmother will understand. Let's tell a little story that your grandmother will go, now I understand what you do. And it's the same in mining. It's the same on any public company. You have to tell that story in such a way that it immediately resonates and doesn't require more research to get to the point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Interesting. Very interesting. All right. Now, uh, let's see. We know you're heavily involved in uh, various mentorship initiatives. So uh, so what advice are you giving uh, or do you have for students or upcoming professionals on the rise that's, uh, who are wanting to get into PR and communications? Um, you know, it's, it's, that matter. Yeah, I mean, it's a fascinating world. I, I, when I talk to student groups, um, most I, I've never actually had anybody that knew what investor relations was. There's a couple that try to, you know, they figure it out because it's kind of obvious. But if I say IR, they have no idea. And so, um, one, I want to expose them to IR. And, you know, every public company, you know, there are thousands of public companies. Every public company has an IR team. And there are different rules that we have to play by. And uh, you have to, you know, learn those rules. You have to understand how uh, to have that conversation with a shareholder without saying something that you're not allowed to say. At the same time, not being cute or coy, being forthright. And, and there's a fine line there. And it's, it's an important line to, to master how to have that conversation. I've always found, hey, you know what? I'd I love to get into that particular matter with you, but we haven't actually released that yet. So I can't really talk about it with you. But let's talk about this area of the company's performance. And um, nobody's ever really pushed back that hard. Uh, you know, there'll be a little pushback. Well, what are you hiding? Nothing. It's just that there are rules about disclosure 
and material disclosure rules are real. And, uh, you know, the TSX and, and the SEC have rules and we follow them. So, uh, you know, it's all good. And, but I, I talk to them a lot about the, the, the craft, the science of storytelling. I, I think people kind of call it an art, but it's really a science. And, and it can be as simple as understanding where your audience gets their information. So, you know, at, at a time when social media was becoming very big in the mining space, companies were just throwing stuff out there. It was a one-way conversation. And, you know, with our clients, we try to create that engagement. One way is not a conversation. A conversation is a two-way. So we want people to ask questions. We want them to engage with the company and get to know the CEO. And so we create social campaigns around that idea. And it's, you know, it's always better for a company to engage than kind of dictate to. Yes, indeed. That's right. Yeah. And that transparency goes a long way, you know, not just for the SEC, but for your average uh, investor, uh, consumer even. Uh, exactly. All right. Thanks, Ira. Now, now, as a lifelong learner, what resources and tools do you consider essential to your continued growth as a professional? Um, you know, I love mentoring because it's... Uh, and I, I mentor at uh, you know a variety of places. Uh, there's Startup NV. Uh, there's a Sontag Business Plan Competition in Nevada. Uh, the um, NASDAQ Entrepreneurial Center out of San Francisco is open to the public, and they have mentoring. Uh, the Long Beach Accelerator, I'm a mentor. Uh, so there's a variety of, of places, and they all have different kind of issues. Uh, UC Davis has an Innovation and Entrepreneurship Center. So I get a lot out of that because um, a lot of times it'll push me to come up with a solution that I hadn't thought of before. Uh, I, I actually just finished a program at uh, Stanford last year uh, in innovation and entrepreneurship, and it was using design thinking uh, to look at challenges differently. And uh, it, it was just an amazing program because the, the five principles of design thinking are empathize, define, ideate, prototype, and test. And we now use that in our communication. So, you know, if we're putting together a, 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 a survey or a news release, we create a prototype and test it. Uh, so, you know, sometimes with material information, you can't. But we want to make sure that every piece of that news release is resonating properly. Is there a better way we can say this? Is there uh, a better place for us to communicate that to do to, to our audience? We, we've kind of, you know, companies have gotten a little lazy. They just, you know, send out their news release on the news release channels and sit and wait. Um, we try to actually engage with shareholders. So we'll take pieces of the news release apart. Um, I love it when I've got a CEO who will go, yep, let's do a 30 second video and we'll record a video and give a little bit more opinion of what the news release said. News releases will always have their place because you've got to have a, a medium for all that information. But, you know, when you put out a 12 page press release, nobody's reading at all, um, except for maybe the analysts and the fund managers. And that's their job. So. Uh, we want to make sure that we hit kind of everybody. So it all kind of circles back in and it all comes back down to 
storytelling. I see. Yeah, very, very well said. And uh, I love the breakdown of the of the parts of the release that you described. That's a great strategy that everyone uh, should really use uh, in the testing of those. Very interesting. All right, Ira, thank you. Now, finally, how can people connect with you? Um, yeah, you know, our website is uh, g8strategies.com, the letter G, the number eight strategies with an S at the end.com. And you can reach me through there. I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, you can always find me on LinkedIn and uh, follow us on social. We're on LinkedIn and Facebook. And, you know, it's uh, always happy to answer questions or jump on a quick call with somebody at no charge just to help them kind of think a little bit differently about uh creating a solution for their challenge. All right. Very, very cool. All right. Thank you, Ira. All right. And that's all the time we have, everybody. So we've been chatting with Ira Gostin, uh, the Chief Strategist and Managing Director of G8 Strategies. So thank you, Ira, for sitting in with us today. Pleasure to talk to you. Thanks, Richard. Absolutely. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode of PR Profiles brought to you by Agility. Use the top-rated Agility platform to find and connect with journalists, monitor your media mentions, and measure your success. Head over to agilitypr.com today to get a personalized demo. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Thanks again to Ira Gostin. We hope you'll join us again for the next episode. Mm -hmm.